The Green Bay Packers Mentor-Protégé Program presents the Lessons in Success podcast with Anna Steinfest. Every week, we will bring you the strategies and resources you need to build your business and add knowledge and expertise in order to have a profitable future for your business. Here's your host, the administrator of the Green Bay Packers Mentor-Protégé Program, Anna Steinfest. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to our new episode of the podcast, Lessons in Success. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Michael Troyer, and today we will share with you a plan how to manage your constant interruptions at work. Hello, Michael. Hello, Anna. Good to be with you again. I want everybody to understand that our focus is always going to be on the small business and the small business owner. That's the orientation of all of this. We want to give you some tools you can turn around and use today. Thank you. And I just will uh, go ahead and dive into our topic today because every day we have interruptions at work. And this can be like a key barrier to manage our time effectively and ultimately can be a barrier to our own success and, and ultimately the success of our business. When you think back in our workday, we have been interrupted all the time by emails, by text, by people if you're working with, um, if, if you have employees or colleagues. So how do we handle this? We will share with you some tips and plans how to do it successfully. We're drawing today from uh, a a blog written by Sophie Leroy and Teresa Glom. It's from the HVR online site, a plan for managing constant interruptions at work. And I've been struck by a, an idea they had called a resume plan. So when you can see that interruption coming at you, a good idea, and it makes sense to me, is to say, okay, get a piece of paper out. Where am I, where am I on this task that I'm on right now? Uh, what do I need to do next? And then how much time do I need to complete this so I can reassure myself I'll have time to get this done yet today if I, if I deal with this interruption that's at the door or on the phone or on the computer? Uh, it made a lot of sense to me. What did you think of it, Anna? Oh, Absolutely, uh, Michael. And the interesting part is like uh, when you read the articles, they share with you that it takes you quite a bit of time to refocus to the new uh, tasks. And a lot of times the task you left behind, it's kind of undone and, and you're still thinking about that task and then you're working on the new task and, and your attention is not fully there. So that, that is not what you want because you're not as productive mm -hmm. as you can be. I like the term they use called task residue. So I'm switching from the task I was on to something else that's just come up but I haven't quite let go of this prior task. So I'm not paying as much attention as I should. And then I, another term I think they should have put in the article call is called less attention residue, meaning not only am I still thinking about the task I just left behind to deal with this interruption, but now I'm not really dealing very well with the interruption because I'm thinking about that last task. So I'm not good, giving good attention to either. And it brings up the issue that I kind of challenge everybody to think about called multitasking. Uh, have you ever watched, maybe it's a sports day on television, a Sunday or a Saturday, and you're trying to watch two different sports events because you like them both. So you've got both of them on the screen. 
how well are you really enjoying those two games? Each one's got all this action going on, and you're not focused on either one. You're jumping back and forth. I totally agree with you, Michael, just because, you know, like your attention is split at that second. And a lot of times when your attention is split, you don't give your creativity because a lot of the tasks, they want your creativity, full creativity to be there, or even the execution. Mm -hmm. So both tasks are lagging. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I, I, I was just, uh, I just wanted to ask you what kind of, you, you're talking about how do you resume and, and how do you handle this constant interruption? I want to suggest, and you just made me think of this, Anna, that one of the studies done of really creative people, and I'm going to go back to Bach writing a concerto or, or a, a doing orchestration of a concert, um, he and Beethoven and others had learned that in the midst of what they were doing was the best time to get up and take a break. Uh, just to rest the mind for a moment. Don't wait until you're finished because you're beginning to, to lag towards the end. But what just strikes me about this as well is that you're writing music. So you've got notes on a page. That's your plan. This is, this is where I am. I need another 20 minutes to get it done, but I can take a break. And in 20 minutes when I get back, I can finish it. That's a resume plan. So if we think that way, we're going to be more productive when we're interrupted, if we at least know how we're going to get back to what we were working on. And I admit I do that at night. I tend to write out, okay, I've got this. I want to finish it tomorrow. What are the steps I have to take? I do a resume plan before I go to bed. Never thought about it before, but it's true. It lets me sleep because I'm not, I get it out of my head and say, all right, it's all right to move on to this next interruption. But sometimes when you have, Uncontrollable, uh, uncontrollable interruptions, uh, Michael, how do you handle that? Because, you know, a lot of times the employees are coming at you and they think it's, it's a disaster. In reality, though, yeah. <laughs> it's not, but that's the way they think. And that's why, I mean, you as the owner, they will approach you, pretty much escalate the issue. It's really a challenge because if you're a leader of the organization, people want you to have an open door, meaning they can have access to you whenever they want. But that creates that interruption. Uh, I was chair of an of a academic department for business administration for six years, and it was happening all the time. People wanted to come in and unwind a little bit from class, so they'd plunk them down and want to have a conversation. I had to manage that in a couple of different ways. Sometimes I had to have the door closed in order to say, no, not now. But if I stepped out, I was going to be interrupted. <laughs> um, some of it was allowing it to go on for a little bit and then getting up from my desk and standing and talking, standing up, using a bit of body language, if you will. And then I'd, as we were talking, I'd kind of walk towards the door and they'd kind of follow me. And eventually we'd get to the door and I'd say, Bob, it was really good to talk to you. Thanks. I got to get back to my project. And somehow they understood behaviorally that I just closed off our conversation. I was going back to my task number one. Body language, I think... Uh, you've got some other ideas that you've shared with me. I just wanted to build on uh, what you just said, because you're absolutely correct. When you have interrupter coming to your office, first of all, you do not sit down and you do not engage in small talk. You just pretty much state, I only have five minutes to talk about this right now and stick to it. And then you can revisit. Now, if it's emergency and you know, and you're assessing that this is a huge issue, then you can go ahead and, and, and expand. But again, 
I think in five minutes briefing, you will, you kind of, you will understand what is the situation and then revisit it when you have a full attention and this problem will be solved. The other option, in fact, I read this, that if it's consistent interruption at your work, they are suggesting even for a week to put together a log. So in this simple log, you have to put the person who interrupted you, the date and the time, the description of the interruption. Is it a valid? Is it urgent? These are kind of on the Excel sheet, you can put it together and just monitor this for a, uh, for a week. And then once you have this information, you can analyze and see whether you can conquer some of these interruptions or assign a person to prevent this constant interruption coming at you. I, I think there's such power in evaluating the, the importance of those interruptions and, and really controlling and stopping the ones that are, that are many, many interruptions. They're not critical. They're not time subject, as you're saying. And you're only going to know that by doing what you've suggested, uh, building a log of those interruptions and beginning to evaluate them. You'll be better prepared then to control when someone needs you and when someone's just coming in to spend a little time. And, uh, and, and there is a simple other tricks you can do, like learning to say no. A yeah. lot of times <laughs> I'm guilty. Oh, yes. Like, up as well. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure some of our listeners probably they will recognize themselves. Okay. You have to say no. And you have to have available, unavailable time. So if you can use some of these tricks, we are convinced that you will be able to be more productive. Because remember, these tools we're sharing with you, um, we would like your business to succeed. Just even if you implement one thing. Yep. I want to add one more thing that really makes sense. One, I love your idea of saying, and we learn it in sales, always have another date when you don't get the sale that you can come back and talk some more. Well, in this case, you're telling the interrupter, let's set a time when we can talk about this, but it's not right now. I also had an hourglass on my desk. It's a fairly big one. I used to very ceremoniously turn it over and say, you've got three minutes. And I'd make a joke of it, but I was serious. When the three minutes are up, oops, it's down. I need to get back to this. And because I made a joke, they understood and they accept that. So two, two more ideas to control those interruptions. But if we have to summarize some of the, the best uh, ideas and the tips, I know that uh, listeners will, will have probably, they will put some notes together, but Michael, what are one of the, the top tips we can give them today? I jump, jump back first of all to that resume plan, partly because you're doing that in front of the interrupter. If it's a person, you're laying out, where am I now? What do I need to do? And how much time do I have to get it done? If it's on a type timeline, I need to, I need to control this. They begin to learn to see you do that. So that's a powerful way to give them the hint. I've, I've got to get back to this. I have a resume plan. I've just filled out. Now let's talk. Uh, learning not to multitask because it really is not fair to either task when you're spreading yourself thin. Learning to say no. Oh boy, uh, it's taken me a long time to learn to say, I can't do that right now. I'm sorry, I'm busy. Uh, or having something like the hourglass or, or another tool and keeping a log of the interruption. So you begin to quickly evaluate, is this a critical one? All right, I need to take some time. Or can it be put off? It's not critical. We'll do this another time and set a, set a time. Four good tools. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. I am, of course, Anna Steinfest, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Dr. Michael Troyer. 
keep watching for us at Lessons in Success. This podcast was brought to you by the Green Bay Packers Mentor Protege Program and the Digital Department of Northeast Wisconsin Technical College.